This episode of The Only Podcast About Movies was recorded a little differently. By that, I mean I didn't click a button to get individual tracks, so they're all baked together. But that's okay. It sounds all right. And we have a fantastic guest for you this week. So please just ignore any pops, hisses, whizzes, bangs, whoops, zippongs, and of course, kirks. With that all said, enjoy the show. No use hiding from the piper, she has to be paid. My name is Matthew Grohl. And I admit, the fedora was unforgivable. My name is Shahir Dowd. What are you doing? My name is Shalia Evans. <laughs> and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Promising Young Woman. Uh, and we have one on the show. We, we <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> Hi, Shalia. Welcome back. Hi. Oh, oh, Jesus. What have we done? What did what we, have we do? You've made a mistake inviting me here. I've watched the movie three times before you asked me to be on the Oh, podcast. no. I, I got to be honest, Julia. I saw on Instagram that you were starting to cosplay, and I was like, I kind of think we have to. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I do this seem... cosplay if it's just at home alone in a wig. Uh, <laughs> it might be something else. <laughs> I know. I think that that's half of cosplay. You only get to yeah. cosplay in front of people. Well, in the pre-COVID times, um, yeah. really, maybe like four or five times a year. The rest of the time, you're just taking pictures in your in your house. Um, yeah, that's true. I guess I'm I'm finding the essence of cosplay. Yes, <laughs> alone in but, my but, mom's house. <laughs> at the same time, it was kind of the case where I was like, if we did Promising Young Woman and we didn't invite Shalia and she saw that we'd done Promising Young Woman, I mm -hmm. think you wouldn't come back on the show ever again. I'd probably so hunt like, you down. I'd probably yeah. hunt you down systematically, yeah. <laughs> no. Most likely. How are you? Cosplaying aside, how are yes. you? Oh, uh, kind of the worst. You don't want to hear about it. <laughs> well, I'm we, on an we, we have you on the show. Guys. You kind of do want to hear about it. Guys, well, I'm, ha I'm, I'm on a very strong antacid because I have been having uh, so much swelling in my digestive tract that I choke. Ooh. Oh, well, I'm that, terribly I sorry. Can't have warm food, cold food, alcohol, caffeine, spice, citrus, bubbly water. Is there, <laughs> is there a optimum temperature for the bland meal room, that you can now enjoy? Room temperature, and it should be something nice and chewy. Nothing that could hurt going I, down. Is toast an option? Toast is an option. Oh, no chocolate either. Oh my God, that's oh, wow. it. I'm out. And, I'm out. And the month started three days ago, so there goes Valentine's Day. Oh, all, well, the, all the best candy. Just, <laughs> but you'll get it on discount now. You can get it later and save it. I always do. Or <laughs> <laughs> do like I do, which is forget to buy it, and then you know uh, have to make up with whatever's available at the you time. You can go day later. of. You don't even. You don't even have to wait till the day after these days. You can go day of, and they'll have the discount already. They're trying to turn over that <laughs> Get it over. real fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what the next one is. Easter. 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 Thank you. Easter's the next candy holiday. Um, well, also, you say it with so much authority as well. You're just like you know this. I got this yeah. on. Well, yeah. also, I, I would be remiss if it, we were recording. This uh this on on January twentieth. Happy inauguration day to oh everyone! My. Oh my god! I know Guys. it was like a collective exhale across the country today. Yeah. Um, Holy crap. I actually went into a, a, well, you know, again, not to sort of taunt you with the foods we're eating. I went into a local bakery <laughs> to uh, with my son to try and buy an inauguration day cake because we felt mm -hmm. like we should. 
or at least a, yeah. ba- a, a piece, a slice. And I will say uh, coffee and cake in Astoria uh, were very uh, apologetic to the fact that they had no cake and hadn't, hadn't considered <laughs> that they should have cake for inauguration day. I'm making it a tradition perhaps that we should have cake. Don't mind me. I have cake all the time just because I think you should have cake all the time. Um, But they did give us a free cookie. So kudos to them. I got a cookie on inauguration day. All right. (laughs) I mean, the bakery here in town um, had fancy vote cookies, but no inauguration cookies. Because I think they don't want to, like, take a side. Sure, yeah. Get over it. I mean, mean, delicious cookies. Nazis love cookies, too, I guess. There was um, a there, there's a bakery in Pennsylvania that had like a uh, a vote cookie with uh, um you know a jar on each side and you could buy a cookie and then put it in and then put like oh. the wrapping in one side to so they they had their oh, like straw poll going they and they were poll. apparently as far as I read fairly right wing so they were kind of like maybe tipping the jar a little the other way right 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 uh, interesting. I, I started yeah. a lovely uh, inauguration day tradition I went over to uh, all of our mutual friends and my uh, my lovely better half uh, Jamie and uh, Elise. Uh, I went to their place today for lunch to celebrate uh, Inauguration Day, and I accidentally ordered too much yogurt, so I gifted them on Inauguration Day a, a half gallon of Siggy's Vanilla Yogurt, which if that does not, if that does not... Look at this guy using honor, a seamless account to order yogurt. If that doesn't, if that doesn't honor a Joe Biden presidency, I don't know yogurt, yeah. what will. Um, It'd be a little tart. It might yeah. be too tart. I think we should do a uh, like a bonus episode on foods of the presidents at some point. Like what would be the Trump meal, which obviously is a Big Mac, uh, a, a, a two-day old Big Mac that's been microwaved. Um, and we can argue that maybe perhaps yogurt is the appropriate Biden, um, Biden meal, but I, yes. George W. Bush is like cocaine off a football or something. (laughs) Off the shoe. He's the Wolf of Wall Street special. Yeah. Yeah, Um, pretty much. Uh. But but I just want I, I would have been remiss. It was a weird day. I, there's there's a weird energy going around about it too. It, it's overall good. It's just like get ready for some. Uh, I feel like this episode's going to be an, a, a weird one, not because of the film itself, but because I'm in such a wackadoo mood. I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> Well, if you recall, oh. last inauguration day, following uh, inauguration day, was the first um, uh, women's march. Uh, so perhaps mm-hmm. promising young woman, we're viewing it at the same time. Could be kind of I don't know. It is a stretch, but I'll take it. <laughs> Look, guys, I have big news for you, which is that when you are a woman, this is this is how you feel every day. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> whether whether you're having to reflect on why it took so long for a woman to hold a high office in this country, or whether you're planning revenge for sexual predators, and this is just a regular day for ladies. Oh. Um, it's it's what they don't teach you in finishing be, school, right? Yeah, we get to be happy. It was a re- it was like uh, it's this weird bittersweet thing where it's like such joy, but also such anger that it took this fucking long. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to really like celebrate, celebrate. I'm also just so bitter at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I have no love left in my heart, so (laughs) it's hard to get emotional when you should. It it, Um, it is. It is a completely understandable sentiment. I feel. Um, Promising young woman uh, was a film that I was super psyched when I saw the trailer. What feels like 
nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Shahir, this was supposed to come out early this year, I think, correct? Yeah, I believe it was supposed to come out around April this or, year, but then- Of t- 2020, COVID, so sorry. Yeah, of 2020, sorry. Yeah, so COVID kind of threw a wrench in terms of those release plans, because obviously this is an independent film, a smaller, lower budget movie uh, that really does depend upon its box office drawer um, to spread word of mouth. And so as soon as COVID came in, uh, obviously the only film, uh, you know, Tenant and Wonder Woman weren't the only films to suddenly pull their release schedules. Uh, there was no theaters to go to, particularly around April this year. So uh, it came to a VOD release just uh, last week, but to much critical acclaim, thankfully, uh, which meant that the word of mouth kind of equation of this film still works around it. There's a great interview with uh, Emerald Fennell and uh, Carrie Mulligan where they talk about the fact that, you know, yes, they were upset that, that you know, people couldn't see this movie in a theater, which I, you know, before we get into our thoughts on the film, I think is the ideal scenario. This this particular film is the kind of movie you do need to see with an audience. Um, uh, but, you know, look, COVID was COVID and or COVID is COVID uh, wear a mask. And um, you know, uh, if you, if you can't see it in the theater, seeing it at home is, you know, kind of the next best thing. Yeah. I, uh... I'm pretty sure that it got some form of release before lockdown started happening in England. And we were supposed to get it like a couple weeks later in the U S and then it never happened. And I have spent the entire year trying to figure out when they were going to, released this was was your avengers i have never anticipated i have like never been more actively involved in trying to see a movie than i have for this movie like i waited all and then they announced christmas and i was like yes but then christmas was only in person and you wait another two weeks for the actual on-demand release so this is the most i've ever paid attention to a movie coming out just because they keep they've had to delay it so many times and because the trailer I felt like my brain exploded and was like, this is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> I actually have not seen the trailer. Now. Oh. Even, even at this moment, I haven't watched the trailer. The trailer yet, so is very trailer. good. It's yeah. a good trailer. Actually, I will say this. I think they, they released two trailers for this film. I think trailer one is really good. I think trailer two actually is, it kind of is a letdown in a weird way. Um, I don't remember which one is which but uh <laughs> i wonder if that was just because the first trailer was such a uh like a real home run for me i don't know um no but I'm, well, I'm Matt, psyched- you want to tell us do you want to tell us what it's about oh yes well you know what i, I i'm not going to i think i'm going to let imdb tell us what this film is about real quick uh they say that A young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. I feel Hmm. like there's one extra word there, and that's path. It should be those that crossed her. Yeah. Like, the path is interesting because there is an aspect to that. Um, But uh, the the, the crux of the plot, I feel like, has to do with a very specific revenge scenario that she's kind of building up toward in the film. Right. Mm -hmm. Also, is this the plot from Batgirl as well? Did Batgirl have a revenge plot in there somewhere? Like, could this be Batgirl synopsis? Batgirl? Yeah. Like, like the, the Barbara Gordon? Yeah, Barbara Gordon's story, right? No. Does she have, like, a vengeance plot in there somewhere? No. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, well, I... she could be Batman, then Batman's plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she also, I mean, she is a vigilante also. Like, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like, she, she definitely it. has Batman sitch going on, yeah. so. Yeah, well, but with yeah. Bitter, bitter outfits much better <laughs> so shalia since you you have watched this film 
at least one more time than both Shahir and I combined. Why don't you yes. break down your initial thoughts upon uh, first, oh. second, and third viewing? You can put them all together if you want, or you can break it up. I mean, I have endless thoughts, and I'm so excited to be allowed to talk about it because I'm alone. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, no, I, I feel like, first of all, because I had such um, anticipation for this movie, I, uh, it lived up at, to and exceeded my expectations. Um, and I feel like it was such, um, such a heightened yet still completely real feeling. Like everything felt very truthful and real in a way that I really appreciated, um, while still being this very heightened bubblegummy kind of pop world that yeah. it existed in. Cause everything is visually so cool. Um, but I just... I just absolutely, I mean, from the, like, from every detail, like, the casting is so, like, here's all your favorite nice guys from every TV show. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to show you that just because they seem really sweet, they might actually be trash bags. Like, and I know people where they were like, oh, my God, why is it all the the goofy nice guys? And I'm like, because that's kind of who you got to be on the watch for. And, um like the music choices and her, just everything. I just was blown away. I'm very inspired by this movie, like from a creative standpoint. Like I, I feel like I, the first time I watched it purely because like to enjoy, I was yeah. like, I'm not going to take any, I just want to watch it. Like I don't want to yeah. have to have an opinion uh, on like the script or anything, but then I'm like, well, I have to keep watching it. And then I <laughs> tried, it's too early. You can't find the script yet online. So uh, it's too soon. I, <laughs> but um but yeah I just am so impressed and I love uh I love the choices that Emerald Fennel made in what to uh what to stick to reality wise like I mean I assume we're doing spoilers on this we will get, we will get to them we'll, we'll yeah Got it. Uh, yeah we'll get there we'll okay get there. Well, well then we'll get there but I feel like this is a um a, a revenge fantasy to an extent, but it, it's so grounded in the realities of the world that it makes me, I just love shit when it gets way too real and you have to be like, Oh no, you're <laughs> right. So this really hit me, uh, right, right in the heart. I loved it so much. So nice. that's where I'm at. All is, right. A uh, new favorite movie, best thing ever. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, what about you, Shahir? Huh? So new uh, favorite movie for you? New favorite movie, uh, bitter than Tenant a um, hundred times, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're not missing much. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, here's an interesting thing. Um, I agree with everything Shalia has said, and I'm bound to agree with every positive review of this film. It still didn't quite work for me. And I've been trying to reconcile why this film didn't quite work for me um, in a couple of ways. And I think my, I, I feel like my, it's not my qualms, but like I'm trying to dissect why at the end of the movie, I kind of left with a, hmm, as opposed to, oh my God, that was amazing. More, more than anything, like my wife and I kind of looked at each other and just were like, eh. and, and we kind of were a little bit. I, I will say we were both pretty negative on the film once we'd seen it. Um, but as I've digested it and thought about it, I, I agree with everything great that this movie is actually doing. Like, I think the, I, I think the, 
the choice to invert the trope of what perhaps the marketing sells, which is that this is a person who is on a um, on a sort of murderous uh, revenge, um, you know, uh, I mean, and it fits it fits with it perfectly within the confines of the rape revenge film, um, as we know and understand it. Um, you know, the, the the film that we did on the podcast that which is not a great example of this was um, the perfection, which was not a very good film, but kind of, you know, within the same uh, genre of, you know, like coming out of that 70s exploitation, but, you know, like really offering uh, alternative um, catharsis for people who have been in the situation and, you know, like fulfilling all the all the kind of qualities of what a, uh, a revenge film in this world should do. Um, and I think I think the choices that it makes in terms of like tapping into the sort of salacious and the explo- exploitative, particularly around the end, uh, you know, the final scenes are really clever. I think the the choices to invoke pop imagery throughout, you know, the the sort of rendition, uh, the Paris Hilton track that's played through this um, is both stylistically smart and and also uh, tonally truthful. Uh, like it feels like a great, you know, like these are great moments between uh, Carrie Mulligan and, um, and uh, Bo Burnham. Um, but I did find that I think the last act um, belied a sense that I couldn't quite reconcile the two different tonalities of this film, which is the, the sort of tongue in cheek satire, which was playful and, you know, pop culture and very bright and, and colorful. And I think really smart and the sort of the, the, the sort of really difficult material that they were actually dealing with uh, underneath that and the way that that story reconciles itself Um, Mm -hmm. because Ultimately, I, you know, like, again, without giving away too many spoilers, I think this is a film where we should feel catharsis for the actions of one character, of, of Carrie Mulligan's character, of what she, you know, the choices she makes and, and, and how clever she is in terms of, like, picking apart the seams, not only of the, the group of characters around her that are have caused this, you know, um, this sort of great harm again without spoiling away too much at this point right um but but the film kind of reconciles all that in a in a sort of unusual way that makes me makes me kind of unsure if the if the mechanics are all in place to kind of do what i think this film is trying to do and it's it's very sort of nebulous again i like most of what this film is trying to do but i did walk away kind of not fully there if that makes any sense. And, okay. and it's difficult to sort of explain all that stuff out without going into spoilers, well, we'll but that's kind there. of where I landed. I'll, I'll, do, I'll yeah. keep mine very brief so we can just jump into spoilers so we can yeah. start picking <laughs> picking things apart. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, okay, so I uh, this movie punched me in the gut from the very get-go. This is, uh, this is the first, the opening shot. So here's a minor spoiler oh. before we get in. There's a shot of men dancing in a club. <laughs> and it's at it's it's so many things at once it is ridiculous it is silly it is uh embarrassing and in a way it's terrifying like the way it's shot and the speed at which it's done and it just set up it set up exactly who the villains in this movie are and from that moment on i was i was just on board the the pivot point that we'll get to um, I think it's interesting, Shahir, you bring up catharsis. Normally in stories like this, it is sort of 
capped off with catharsis and that's sort of how it goes and i love listen shalia and i have talked about marvel movies for a good what 12 hours or something like that at this point so yeah so uh we yeah (laughs) we we know a thing or two about like sort of like i'll call it uh easy catharsis um but i think there's something special with this film because it kind of does something a lot of movies don't do and that's catharsis there's like not having catharsis without sacrifice and letting the audience sort of decide where the line lies with that mm-hmm. um i loved the music like you like you both sort of said um i thought that uh uh the 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 orchestral version of toxic which was also in the trailer but like i'd forgotten so when i watched it and it hit at that moment i was like oh, oh, oh yeah and of course um i gotta give uh, huge props to carrie mulligan and uh bo burnham for being sort of the anchors for me in this thing i think the script is incredibly it, it's weird it undulates between what i consider incredibly clever and too blunt for its own good but i think the blunt moments from characters that are not Cass or or um or ryan are are meant to be whether or not those hit overall for me i don't know i think the story structure is very clever but the dialogue it was weird like it felt like bo burnham and carrie mulligan and maybe Alfred Molina and Molly Shannon were in one movie and everyone else was in another movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's I not necessarily that. a bad thing. It just was one sort of disparate point that I said. Anyway, uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie. And by the end, I was just sitting there like sort of jaw agape. And I was like, this movie didn't have catharsis, but at the end of the movie, I think my first word was just like, yup. <laughs> like, <laughs> beginning to end catharsis for all Shalia. Yeah. Well, so, so let's, I mean, we, we've danced around it a bit, but it will be very hard, especially with the disparate moments, I think, between the first two acts and the third acts of, the, of this film uh, to talk about without spoilers. So we will get into that now. Um, I mean, Shalia, do you want to, like, what what was the spoiler moment you mentioned or you were sort of referencing well, beforehand? Now, okay, well, before, before let me, okay. I'll, I'll say it. I want to say one thing to add on now that we are getting into actual movie things. Sure. That um, that you mentioned that first shot of the khakis is that <laughs> it's immediately followed by uh, Cassie in like work attire playing drunk and the musical cue is like Jaws. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is my movie. And then the next time she's seen out at a club faking drunk, the Jaws, like she has her own Jaws music and her notebook has the like radiated blue and a red <laughs> side. I was like, she's the fucking, she's the hero and the monster. She's the heroine <laughs> of the movie and she's the monster in the movie. Ugh. But anyway, um, I just wanted to add that because it's in that same first moment right yeah. after all the khaki butts um, yeah. that I was just like, I'm in khaki butts and jaws. I'm in. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the very grounded <clears throat> realism is that she does not survive. Hmm. Um, and to, and that uh, is realistic because um, that violence is not met with this sort of like movie, like, Oh, you, you know, the stormtroopers always miss, like, that's not realistic. Yeah. If you threaten someone and their reputation and their well-being, they're going to react violently. And like, I think the reality for a lot of women is that like a violent reaction will get you killed. Mm. Women don't get to use violence in uh, in the same way that men do. Um, 
just because it is most likely that you'll wind up dead. So I think that that grounded reality of being like, yeah, well, if you did decide to do this, you'd probably get murdered. Mm. It drove it home really hard for me. And Mm. then this idea that like the reality is you have to be willing, like to get justice, you basically have to die. Like you have to sacrifice everything, including your own life to get any kind of justice. And that's what she had to do. So to me, that was grounded in a really true place which is like you you lose your life you're Mm. risking losing your life by trying to to have any justice for sexual assault um i just thought that was to me that that rounded it all up in a way that i was like oh man this went from being just like crazy fun to like Mm. crazy fun and also punches you in the face yeah yeah a, a heavy dose of reality that it needs because it's you know sexual assault isn't fun Mm. um so to to be reminded of like this is this is who you're dealing with like you're dealing with someone who gets away with everything who's bigger than you yeah yeah that's the reality so that was what i was alluding to uh in the beginning was that that to me grounded it really well also everything any here's the bad news guys about the lines that the other characters had any line that any man had in this movie has been said like pretty much verbatim to most myself and most women <laughs> no. I know that is yeah. how men talk to us when they're yeah. they think they're gonna get laid um <laughs> so bad writing or men should come up with better things to say when they're talking to women because well, um, yeah it, I, I felt like both, it was not, so not bad realistic. writing in the film sorry not no, yeah I don't think dialogue, the writing was bad like, I think they did that on very purpose I think yeah I think those characters like that the fact that their lines were mind-numbing to an extent is exactly how men talk to women a lot of times so uh (laughs) i think it reflected exactly those kind of guys that don't really care if you're listening as they also don't really care if what they're saying is interesting (laughs) i I hope you get an opportunity to retort with your book sounds terrible or something like that like whatever it is you're working on sounds terrible you know like i hope you get to to actually throw that at someone at some point terrible oh don't worry i'm awful i i've been (laughs) being mean to men for since before i even knew i was doing it so don't don't worry about me (laughs) i have my chance every day yeah um but yeah i i just there was just so much truth in every single interaction for me um, based on, uh, my own life, based on people I know, based on everybody. I mean, I watched it one time with my mom and her best friend. These are women in their late sixties who were on board. They were like, yep, that's what they do. Yep. That's what they like. So it was a very universal truth moment. I feel like for a lot of women, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's funny because the the sort of like canned lines were the most sort of honest as well. Like I'd like you what you just said. Like again, I have not experienced anything close to anything that uh, many women in my life uh, have or that Cass had in this movie, etc. But I have been in bars with shitty dudes and overheard <laughs> a thing from time to time, and I was like, yeah, this yeah. is the this is the fucking. Yeah. This is the playbook or whatever. They really phone it in. <laughs> um, but something I really like, and, and and sort of going back to um, the the, I won't even say tonal shift. This is this is the interesting thing I think this film accomplishes, but can knock people off the ride. I think 
so we got a bubble uh, like a bubblegum color palette which is awesome uh i think this movie the look of this movie is beautiful did you, you know it's the same uh production design uh team that did it follows and also the same that did the sweet valley high show yeah this is the perfect <laughs> synergy of both of those properties yes it is <laughs> um, so so but like while we watch sort of cass's journey and we're sort of unraveling what's happening uh the you know, it does sort of play through because she always seems to be one step ahead. She always seems to have a solution for a thing. And da -da -da. even at the very end, even despite her death, she kind of does, though she had to die to do it. Um, so you get this sort of, you get like, she here, what you'd said, uh, a superhero thing, like whether we're talking about like, uh, and maybe you're thinking of Batwoman. I don't know Batwoman's origin story, but I think it's- Are they different? Sorry, I don't know. Batgirl, Batwoman, I thought they were the same person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so- so I think that there's something uh, very interesting when the rug is kind of pulled out from especially, uh, I'll even say, because it's the only perspective I can talk from this through, from the male perspective of like, oh, this is the, the she's the vigilante. She's going to get justice. Mm -hmm. She's going to get away from this dude with the pillow. And then it's like, oh, fuck. No, she's not. Mm. And it does do this, this sort of, it's like the last like really fast turn or hurdle on a roller coaster. And you're kind of like on it or off it depending yeah. on a lot of different things I, I found myself on it like because i and i think it was because it felt shilia to your point true but also fresh from a films like this is perspective like this hopefully who the hell knows but like it comes at you so quick and you realize especially from a uh the the, the most interesting perspective but like from a guy's perspective watching this it's it's up it's more upsetting because i didn't think it was going to go there and then it did and then it i felt like it would be more effective and might be the kind of story move that would make possibly hopefully the people that kind of need to listen to this story listen to it more mm -hmm. because it lulls you into a false sense of security up until that point based on not only this film but movies <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like all yeah. movies yeah. uh and then it doesn't so um i don't know i i i really respected that overall um and and you know what else i'll say about this this is sort of a side thing too of course we know that the romance between ryan and Cass is doomed like we kind of know that because it's all super like lovely in the second act and we know from watching movies what's that something's gonna happen and uh it's gonna turn bad yeah this movie had so many things that could go bad in that that i never saw the exact thing of what went bad coming mm -hmm. it sets you up a lot of different ways and and subverts your expectations again going back to uh to quote shalia those are the guys you have to sort of watch out for in general like there's there's when the twist happened and that the, the way that their relationship crumbled crumbled in that way it was not a way i was expecting so there were really two moments one i expected the outcome but not the way we got there and two just completely not expecting and the the way this film ended to be the way this film ended right yeah so i i think the moments of like again her walking up the driveway and you know the, the orchestral version of toxic playing i was like this is a moment of genius it's really it's 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 so 
subversive plus knowingly satirical and kind of understands exactly how this this would play and again this is sort of maybe that context where i say this is a film i think would really benefit from watching it with an, a big audience uh in a theater you know like where there's that sort of communal experience of going along for the ride um and 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 i actually found and i, I thought the the moment at which uh cassie is uh uh is you know like in the room with the handcuffs and then it suddenly goes wrong and and you know like she's getting suffocated under the pillow um the the actual sort of patience to sustain that shot was really uh again just telling and i was like okay i'm 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 you know like this is where the movie is making its point and making its turn and is really like um the the sort of the horror of that moment is so well done and so you know like it's that moment where you're like wait maybe he's going to lift his knee off at this point maybe he's going to realize he's going too far but he doesn't because obviously he wouldn't and obviously that's who he is but then so so i think all of that stuff is really great and i think tonally i was like mixed on the first half of the movie i i for the most part i i think it's working really well it wasn't like quite landing for me in terms of the um, like in terms of understanding where Carrie Mulligan's character was coming from, I think the the sort of the reveals of like what Nina meant to her and 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 what she was actually doing within the confines of this, I, I felt a little bit like that I needed to understand that a little bit better. And it was only at the end of the film when I sort of really understood it. And at that point, when so my big issue really has to come down to, and it's again, it's not really an issue. I, I'm wondering if like. I watched it one degree too far in one direction as opposed to the other direction, mm. which is that everything on paper sounds great. Everything on paper about this really works. Like the, the movie I kind of like thought about a lot uh, and, you know, again, uh, unfortunate filmmaker to mention, but Woody Allen's film match point, um, which is a fantastic movie, uh, despite what you might think about Woody Allen, you know, and yes, and very rightly so, but it's a movie about, um choices and consequences and and how those can kind of like manifest themselves in interesting ways and i think what happens at the end of this movie is that this is a movie that suggests that despite everything that happens the carry always chooses the right part chooses something to happen that will provide the right catharsis and i i i I sort of, I get that towards the end. Like she made the, the sort of the insurance plan to have, um, uh, have the videotape be sent to the phone and, and the police to come to arrest. But it also felt like her plan had kind of fallen apart. And, and that moment, like receiving the text messages with the smiley faces at the end, I, I was like, oh, wait a minute, was death part of her plan or was that an accidental part of her plan and now it's unfolding in the perfect way? Mm. And and look, I, it's, it's neither here nor there whether, you know, like the plan, whatever the plan was. My point is the film is kind of making a statement there that doesn't quite line up or doesn't quite like land for me in terms of like how this film works. And, and to me, I, you know, the thing that I felt like I was missing to make the the sort of text messages uh, and everything kind of work was knowing how much Nina and Cassie's relation, like knowing the sort of the details of Cassie, uh, or Carrie Mulligan uh, character uh, having to rehabilitate Nina. 
like like knowing and understanding all the things that she went through before she decided to you know take revenge on 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 these people like knowing and understanding that and it only comes at the very end of the film and i I was just like like all works on paper really does everything works on paper i i didn't walk away from the film feeling absolutely convinced that it worked as a film interesting I can I have yeah. I have two responses yeah. to yeah to absolutely there okay well um firstly the uh, the the sort of shift into her revenge for mm. me the the tonal change that you're talking about to, for for me the shift is that when she finds out Al Monroe is back that the her yeah. that Nina's rapist is back so mm. her intentions are completely different I think for the second half of the movie because of that happening. Right. So there is this sort of tone at the beginning where this is like an old habit she's fallen into. Like she's been theoretically going like based on how many hatch marks she has in her book for men that she's taken home and then told off. Like yeah. she she's been doing this for years. Yeah. And they tell us that, you know, it's been like seven years since Nina died. It, it's mm-hmm. been a long time. She's been doing this for a long time. And so there is less revenge to that. And it, it's just like something she's doing as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And then once she goes and sees Madison, it, uh, Alison Bree's character, it becomes the the revenge plot. She has people in mind, things to do, an end to get to. So, mm-hmm. so to me, that was sort of wh- like why there wasn't a lot of information up top, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like why I felt fine with that is because she hadn't shifted. So once it shifted into a specific revenge plot as opposed to a general vigilante thing, I, then we got more information with her conversation over brunch with I, Madison. Yes. I have a question about the beginning because I couldn't, I couldn't. So, so weirdly enough, once the film was over, like while I was watching it, I was like, I was loving every moment in the moment. And then when it was done, I started feeling like the beginning was the weakest. And mm-hmm. the, the reason is not because the beginning was not compelling, was that you are right, Shalia, her her drive shifts. And a couple like really key things that were set up are kind of just put by the wayside. Like for instance, the notebook. I was super yeah. interested in the notebook because in the beginning of the film, she's checking things off in different color pen. And yeah. when she leaves the first guy that we see um, and the title card comes up, she's eating a hot dog or a Danish or something that's dripping red and there's red on her shoes and stuff. And you're not sure if it's blood or it's ketchup or or jelly or whatever. And so it sets up this great thing like we don't know what the fuck she's doing. So and, and eventually you learn that no, she's not murdering people. But yeah. at first I was like, oh wait, do the red marks mean that they're dead and the blue marks mean that like they're not dead? But then like mm-hmm. so so that whole aspect of it, side note, the construction worker scene is Chef's Kiss. That was so, so much funny. fucking fun. But then so like they kind of just retire that for the and I, I get why like they're setting up this is a woman who does these sort of things then she hears that her the 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 man who's responsible for the death of her friend is back in in existence and about to get married to a swimsuit model um and uh then that sort of sends her over the edge like it's almost like she shifts edges like she's on one edge already and then like she now has a direction for her ire and her and her revenge plan yeah. uh, but but I was sad that interesting moments and choices were kind of dropped as we moved to that section. Cause I was like, well then the, 
I don't know. It sets up more than they give us at the end, which again is fine and a good sort of like the book is a nice MacGuffin. But like mm. I thought that there'd be more tied to it. Unless so I guess this is my question. Did I miss something about the book? Was there was there an actual code to it or you, do we think it just no, sort of went? I they they didn't address it directly, which is my one uh thing that I was like, Oh come on, man. But my mom had a theory from watching mm. that I was like, Oh shit, maybe which yeah. is that while she's checking things off in her book, she looks up and there's a picture of her and Nina wearing red and black shirts. Right. And that maybe it's like one for me, that one was for me, that one was for Nina. And I thought that was a really cool observation that yeah. might have some weight to it. Because yeah. I don't, yeah, because it's not clear what it is, but my mom noticed that. So I, and I think it's very smart. Yeah. Thought. Like yeah. maybe it was that she was like, you know what? That one was for me. That one was for Nina. Like, yeah. Um, but uh way to go mom the, right yeah. i know my mom's my mom knows about me she's, she's, she's just been chick marked by rotten tomatoes now as the official <laughs> critic she's, yeah she's, well she's also very good at paying attention to like uh continuity things so she yeah. notices like stuff in the background more than she notices the people um so she's like she's on top of that stuff um but the the text the 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 other thing that uh that i wanted to circle back to is like I think those were a, like a backup plan I, right. is what I felt like. I didn't feel like she intended to die. I feel like yeah. she knew that something would might happen to her. And, yeah. and because it's like a week on that she's been missing, she would have had the opportunity had those things not, had she been fine to cancel all the texts. And, but like the mood she was in when she went to the cabin uh, the the tone of the text fits for her being like I don't know Ryan maybe I'll send it to everyone maybe I'll send it to everyone you know maybe I'll yeah. I don't know we'll see like that felt like it was a continuation of that mood right yeah because that's when she probably preset those I think and, I think you know oh, sorry go ahead go ahead oh that's oh that's just all I I just feel like it was I um because yeah my mom was like oh my god did she sacrifice herself I'm like I don't think she necessarily sacrificed herself she just like understood what she was walking into so the the yeah. director actually on, a, on an interview i think with movie web actually has a quote about it uh yeah. emerald uh says i yeah. think uh the thing about cassie is that she's meticulous and she's smart and she like i uh like i would like any woman would knows that if she's going to go to a cabin where the villain resided and she's going to go to the cabin with a weapon which is something she's never done before there's going to be a chance that things will go wrong yeah. She has a contingency plan for it if it does go wrong, but she's also so angry and so determined to see him and to, uh, you know, again, being addicted to her cycle that she has of this sort of violence. And the thing about a spiral that she's in is it's an addictive spiral. It gets faster and faster and closer to the behavior, the more extreme. And she's kind of avoided this up to this point. But now she knows that she's more likely to make a mistake, but because she's so smart. So it's like that waffling yeah. sort of yeah. going I, back. I, I, I mean, so, yeah. I agree with all of that on paper. <laughs> like I like like the way you're explaining all of that out kind of, you know, it all fundamentally makes sense. So it's execution so what, then for you. It, for me in the movie. So again, another thing that happens tonally in the movie is that she's murdered in that scene. And then the next thing that happens is the best friend comes in and it's like a sitcom all of a sudden again, you know, like the movie <laughs> suddenly takes on like a, ah, oh, you murdered her. What is this? You know, like, and it kind of, you know, and then they're like, Bearing her out in the wood, and it 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 sort of switches that sort of comedy thing again, and and I I guess I guess you know like all the steps we're sort of talking about here, which is the the sort of understanding of like 
okay, I'm walking into a situation where I could die, despite having walked into situations before where she's uncertain of what the outcome is going to be. You know, it just kind of feels like, it feels like we, the audience has to do a lot of work to put together. It's not the, the, the sort of narrative pieces, but we have to put together the, the emotional stakes of what she's thinking at that moment in order to understand what that moment means later on. And I can, I, I can, I can see a situation where if the movie is working, um, then, then you can kind of get there, but I didn't quite get there. And, and, and I think it's a case where I feel like I needed a few more of those pieces to understand the context, which would give her, which, where she would understand that she was walking into death. Whereas when she walks into that scene, I think what I was seeing was the same character that walked into Alfred Molina's office, the same character that sort of faux kidnapped the Dean's daughter, the same character that sits up a, um, you know, like a, uh, getting Alison Bree's character completely stone-faced drunk and then sitting her up in a room to feel like she may have been date raped or something might have happened or whatever that was. I feel like that's the character that walks into the into into the cabin, not a character who's going, I might die and therefore I'm going to take out an insurance plan. And the insurance plan happens to be kind of cutesy and perfectly timed, yeah. which is that, that, that sort of odd tonality shift that I, again, I sort of see it, but I don't quite see it in the movie. Here's the thing. Yeah. I have never had a revenge plan against anyone. Um, <laughs> nor have Wait I gone until you get to the end of this a, podcast. No, nor, have I gone, nor have I gone to a cabin to, to co commit any kind of uh, uh, kidnapping hostage situation. Um, but I also have never met up with a, a guy for a date that I didn't already know very well without telling all my friends exactly where I was going and what I was wearing and sending them a picture of what I'm wearing. Right. So to me, it felt like a very sane uh, thing to have some some insurance. If anything, she didn't do enough. Yeah, <laughs> like, like like she was like maybe encounter somebody. Yeah, I, I feel like it should have. I mean, I guess she was giving herself because she didn't want to tell people right away. I guess because she was seemingly the plan was if he didn't admit to what he did and admit to his guilt then she was going to carve Nina's name into him. That was her yeah. plan that she went Girl there with. Girl with a dragon tattoo right away. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he yeah. did not He did not admit to it, so that was what she was going to do. So if if her plan from there even was to leave alive, she doesn't want anyone to know where she was then. So she can undo the things she's done. Yeah. Um, I, Like I, the text message, because then otherwise then she's incriminating herself. Yeah. So yeah. to me, that was where I was able to, because I was like, oh no, she should have told people well, that, more I people think where she was going. <laughs> because that's the other thing is that those text messages and, and like the arrest are kind of all based on the fact that she's died and they found the body. It's not based on the fact that she's, you know, like she's carved the name on and, and is, yeah. uh, you know, like it's not based on like I've carved the name into his chest and now I want to show everyone that that's the case because maybe he's gotten away with it. It's based on the fact that now he, she's died mm -hmm. and, and his, you know, and her body has been discovered. So it's like, it's just, Again, I, I I see it, and I fundamentally think the movie has all the ingredients here to make this work, but it it feels like it doesn't it, it it didn't work for me, and it didn't land for me in the way. And this is the the oddest comparison that I will make um, in terms Doubtful. of movies that I've it is Joker is the movie Joker, which is I think a movie that I admired its ambition, 
I see everything that like it's trying to do on paper, kind of working. And, and I sort of, I, when I walk away and I go, Oh yeah, that's the movie that I'm playing back in my head. Yeah. It kind of works. But as I watched the movie, I was like, I don't think this kind of quite lands all the moments it's trying to hit. I think this movie I, kicks Joker in the teeth. I think I'm making a comparison on on feeling Joker. as opposed to quality. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Joker because I cannot care about a failed comedian. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too, too close. It's yeah. too, no, that's no, too far. Um, it's there's too many. I know it's I can't I can't listen to their problems. You know what I mean? Right. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> uh, it, the, the, it's funny. The 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 texts coming at the exact time of the wedding that came at the exact time of the arrest does feel like the most fantastical thing in this movie um but weirdly enough because it is at the end and because so much sacrifice has happened at that point like my even my logical brain's like i'm i want to let cassie have this like and, and I mean, that sort dance. of i was doing i was like dancing yeah. when and it I, happened i was like it's happening ah! i could also <laughs> i can also buy that moment if it was emotionally cathartic like i was like i because i don't care about logic i don't care about like like um uh, you know this has to happen in order for this to happen but but that moment also rang false in a sort of catharsis way to me because i didn't understand the mechanics of what the catharsis was there, you know, like, cause it, it seemed like the, well, the it's like the, the, an anti-catharsis, right? Like they don't well, get well, no, it. But it yeah. also seemed like the plotting was so, you know, like here and there that I was like, oh wait, what happened here? Like, how did that happen? And, and, and it, it's like, again, I don't need, I don't need it to be logically laid out if it emotionally works and it didn't quite emotionally work for me either. Oh, really? It, it, it emotionally worked for me. You know what else? I've been listening to the morning, like while I brush Look, my teeth in the morning. <laughs> and Gina, I will say this. I haven't, I, I have not dated uh, for like the last 15 years. Like the last time I dated, we didn't have iPhones. So I don't understand the world of how, like, sure. no, I, I don't, you know what it is, is like, the world seems cartoon the world of like the dating that people are doing in this movie seems cartoonish to me even though i'm sure it is probably the way things work the other um, thing you called out shahir that i find interesting and maybe you just had better friends growing up than i did but the <laughs> way the way that like uh schmidt comes into the room after she's dead oh and he's like yeah. acting all like sort of like fatherly and also like a goofball <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta like, tell oh you, man. God, what are we doing? I have, not we been in a, I have not been in a situation as serious <laughs> as this, but I've been in serious, or, like serious situations where it has to do with someone's safety or going to jail or something like that with yuckleheads that I was friends with in in high school and college, <laughs> and they <laughs> they act like that. Like it's, yeah. it's so funny I, because I find it the, so, the yuckleheads in <laughs> I find it in my so, college would drop you in a minute. Like we so, were just like, uh, uh-uh, son, you are on your own. <laughs> but but I, this is this is it's weird because it's it's a silliness and a goofiness about an incredibly uh like heavy and and re- relevant situation that I've always found the most off putting. I like that that moment of that sort of like like the friend doing that to like help his murderer friend yeah. like I, i've watched two guys do not again not murder but like not something murder, but yeah something in in a vein of of like th- the decisions you make right now will decide if you get arrested and and that that dynamic is so fucking true and it's weird and when i've seen it once or twice in my life i'm just like what the fuck is happening because it's it's almost like they can't wrap their head around like an actual serious thing 
But it, it also seemed like he'd seen it before. Like when he comes well, in, no, he's he like, ah, references like again. movies. Like, what is this? You killed the stripper. What is it? The eighties? Like, yeah. he's making jokes. Oh, better, the better. Old... What is this? The nineties? The nineties. Even funnier because it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it just it just felt like he was like he'd seen this before. I mean, look again. But I can kind of buy the so tonality to changes, but it just it kind of yeah. It just it. I was I I fell off the roller coaster around that point, and I was sort of teetering on the roller coaster up until that point. Like I was like, I'm here, but I'm sort of you know half here. I have a question for you, gentlemen. Yes. Were you familiar okay. with the song that started playing while they were burning her body? No. Uh, no. Did it, no. Um, oh, well, didn't they play the Angel at the something? end? At the end, they, the end. They, Angel of the Morning, but this was while yeah. they're burning her body. The song that started playing is Rodgers and Hammerstein, Something <laughs> Wonderful from The King and I. And it is right. a song about how men, you just keep, you have to just keep forgiving them because they're <laughs> they're trying. The yeah. lyrics are literally about like, you love him, so you have to just, you have to forgive him. And I lost my shit. Because wow. um, that I feel like is goes along with that sort of goofy. It's like, huh, no, nah, man. Like the what was the the line was like, um, like he's like, hey, hey, th hey, this isn't your fault. And he goes, I even kind of think it is. It kind of yeah. seems like it is. Like, but that sort of like, hey, 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 buddy, it's gonna be fine. Like, and then to this like Broadway song about how men can be awful, but you just gotta forgive them. Like, hit me in a way because like. We don't get uh, a lot of women going on revenge spree movies of any kind. And to get to have it be a, like one that has fun and humor in it and isn't just depressing mm. meant a lot to me. Um, yeah, I, I can agree. So I 100% I I agree with that. Yeah, like I, I, I think you're right that it does get super, like not super goofy, but like it keeps that goofiness. But I, I appreciated that it like, it didn't turn into oh, oh fuck it yeah it, yeah it stayed a fun movie yeah. even though the fun comes from something really fucking horrible yeah um, like earlier last year um a listener recommended jennifer kent's film the nightingale which is a rape revenge movie set in australia in like the turn of the century and it is one of the most difficult things i've had to watch in a long time <laughs> and i was like and, you know, like to the point where I can't recommend it to people because I was like, mm -hmm. you know, you just got to you got to know what it is you're getting into. So right. I can I also appreciated that that this a this is a movie uh, made by a woman, uh, you know, like in in conjunction with the lead actress who, you know, is a producer on the film. And so there's this sort of um, cohesive sense of like this is a world that we understand and that that, you know, like we we know the parameters which to do this and at the same time we do want to do the things that like men get to do in films like you know like if you think about kill bill for example which is make it fun you know like make it entertaining make it yeah, pop culture fun, and make it fun yeah, movie yeah yeah and get into all that stuff um i i 100 agree with that just like i i 100 agree with the idea that that the machinations of how uh her character winds up being the the victor at the end of the film through this sort of like um, plot to reveal the videotapes regardless, you know, as an insurance man, I can, I can buy all of that. And what, what I'm saying is I think the tonality of the film swung me in too many different directions and the, f and, and there are a few steps I think within the screenplay that I, 
I felt I was missing in order to really emotionally understand what the film was doing there to the point where I, I could cheer at the end and go, yes, you know, she, she, she nailed him. But I, you know, like on the other side, there's a part of me that goes, I really admire the idea that her death is, is not inevitable, but like a real consequence that she could face because of the things that you're talking about, which is that, you know, uh, a woman trying to stand up for herself in this scenario is facing odds, you know, like it's not movie odds. She's facing real odds, which is that, mm -hmm. you know, like she's not going to be able to overpower this person. And even the best laid plans of like, uh, drugging everybody in the room downstairs and wearing an outfit, you know, like coming as the stripper so that people would kind of, you know, litter in and, and ignore her kind of thing, which is all really um, clever, subversive elements of this film. Um, all, I, I still, I, I still feel like it's missing uh, an emotional set for me. And I, and I, and I, I, I don't know why I, I'm not exactly sure what I wanted out of this film. I feel like I wanted a little bit more understanding of just really the tra not the trauma hmm, the the sort of understanding of of Nina and Carrie's relationship that that sends her on this path um and and I'm I, I maybe that's what I need maybe something around that I, I'm not exactly sure I have a thought for you okay. which is that the people that this movie is going to mean the most to they very carefully left out triggers for. Yes, that was, yep. That's, and I, I understand that, that yeah. Could, that could have been, because I was really worried about what we were going to see. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the parts around Nina could have been really triggering for people. And that might be why that is true. Um, I, and, and by the way, I don't mean I want to see, I, I think it was really clever no, that they, no, lift, no, no. they lift out the tape. What I mean is I want to see... Um, Carrie going through the process, Carrie Mulligan's character. Sorry, I, I forgot her name. Is it Cassie? No, it's Cassie. Yeah. 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 Of her rehabilitating Nina or, or like witnessing that or, or, yeah. or, or even seeing them before it happened. So that I really mm -hmm. kind of, you know, like, which yeah. I, I totally, again, like I, I, like I, I understand that. And I think that that in itself could be a really hard thing because there are a lot of people who have lost someone who killed themselves Right. And to see someone struggling with that breakdown. Um, so I, I think that might be where that was, where, mm. where, where that is, is that it would be taking a really damaging risk to mm. the, uh, to the, to the emotional well-being of the people who the movie is, is made to right. speak yeah. to. So I think that might be where that is. Yeah. Um, mm. Is just that it was, cause that would be really hard. Like if you have, if you, to, to watch even the good times could be really yeah. hard yeah. in the context. Cause it was hard enough watching, even knowing, cause I knew what was happening watching the movie. I already understood she was faking drunk because mm. I've been waiting for this movie all year. But like, if you didn't understand that watching that first scene is terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have no, if you didn't have any clue, you know? So I think, I think that might be where that is. And I understand what you're saying, but I think that might've been the, like mm. intentionally yeah. left out because just having to that that could make it almost too painful yeah and it's also um, tricky to balance that tonality even further with that with that material in there i totally mm -hmm. agree with that yeah i think um, that it, it could be a, a conscious choice i don't know but it, it yeah. seems like maybe it, it could have been in there with like things we that might be too hard to show i think yeah. it was a conscious choice i think specifically for that reason shalia and also uh 
it's weird. I, I, I feel like I am at the crux of both of these things. I think it's important that they did it the way that they did it. And I actually think that the way that they did not show it actually helps me sort of be on board with Cassie. I don't know, like, or, 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 or be able to more easily to, to have the trauma be vague. I was more easily able to suture myself emotionally onto it because I didn't feel like I needed to have something similar or, or something that like I'm comparing my own life or experiences to. I was just like, Oh, this is a fucking intense trauma about her and her friend. Loss and trauma. Okay. Yeah. So I think I, I, for me, it was twofold. I was glad they didn't do it because I think they this movie for people to both enjoy it and and sort of experience sort of a negative catharsis at the end and to, you know, for lack of a better term, be able to, uh, you know, put yourself into the shoes. Uh, I think they, they think both 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 of those happened due to that choice. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of I know we've been going for a little bit. I will wrap up my stuff. Uh, and just say, I love this movie. I think you should see it. I think it, it it's it's a gut punch and feels incredibly fresh to me because uh, this is like, it, we, you, we brought up, actually, Shalia, you said uh, women don't get a lot of revenge films. Here's the thing. There are a lot of revenge films starring women, <laughs> but I still think your statement is true. There are not a lot of revenge, like there are not a lot of revenge films for not women. For us. No, yeah. we're, it, there's a lot of revenge films where women are very sexy and getting sexy revenge or where it's it's not in any way uh, emotionally tapped into what women would really want to get revenge for. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And this is this is not that this is an actual a, a real life sort of uh, thing that happens literally every day that a woman uh, finally goes uh for full-blown revenge also uh side note i i i do want to shout out uh i think there's a lot of good improv skills from bo burnham in this i think the <laughs> best joke in this movie was the daughter line oh my god <laughs> yeah i'm so, so tall yeah I'm, with the tall and the walk behind in the camera and i was just like i just feel like a lot of those were very uh set up i i thought they it, it, it was more heartbreaking too because they both played those roles so well and then when it did took the turn that it took the turn uh, everything felt really real so i don't when know he willingly that... drank her spit from the coffee i was like they're gonna make it yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real real love <laughs> here, why don't you give your finals and then we'll let shalia take it home yeah no i uh, look i i i'm sort of in an odd place in this film which is that i agree with everything both of you said and i can see how this film can really work uh it didn't work for me and and i think um the the i think the one of the things i do want to praise here is this uh, is the thing that you've guys both mentioned which is that there's not a lot of female driven revenge films and i which is not the case but i think there's not a lot of female revenge films that work in the same way as male revenge or films directed by men do which is that are allowed to be playful are allowed to be funny allowed to not be about uh the absolute trauma and are not and allowed to not be considered you know allowed to um uh bypass the triggering elements uh in order for catharsis and i think like one thing that this film you know among many things that it hones in so well that i think 
a number of other films wouldn't get wouldn't get into is the nice guy trope is the is the idea that the nice guy is the one you should be worried about more it's adam brody at the bar not his friends that you should be more most concerned about because despite the the you know like the outside niceties he is the most dangerous one among them um and i think that's like that that's an area where in that first scene i was like great this is this movie knows what it's doing and it knows what it's about and it knows it knows exactly the the sort of um the focal length that that hasn't been quite you know dialed into these kinds of movies which is you know that nice the the, the idea that the the outward presentables are the ones that can be the most dangerous right um and i think that's really smart um i think for me you know tonality wise there's a little bit of whiplash going on in terms of like dealing with the sort of cartoon ish way that that those earlier scenes are done and that and that certain later scenes are done that doesn't quite reconcile with the sort of um the the reality of what you two have been talking about which is the the idea that the you know there is a uh there is an extent where we step out of the movie um and and we should step into like the reality of the situation which is that she's putting herself in dangerous situations every time every time sorry i lost my voice there and and that also that um you know the reality of the of the final confrontation is that you know it's it's just as easily going to go the other way as as um uh, as it's gone for her you know seemingly throughout the film that said you know it i'm feeling like i missed a few steps here in terms of what i needed to see to kind of have that emotional resolution towards the end of the film um but i certainly admire a lot of what this movie's doing so it's a weird sort of place for me you're having a real January 2021 moment here. Yeah, man. <laughs> Biden-Harris, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shalia, take us home. Well, I, um, like I said, I, this is one of my new favorite movies. Yep. And I um, I just think it's, it's unapologetically feminine uh, in the, like, styling, in the decisions, in the casting in the lighting in the music it's it's written in a way where um it's just top top to tail it's just mm. so feminine in a way that i uh i really loved so much because this is a story it's a woman's story and um i read an interview that i think like I'm just so in awe of Emerald Fennel right now. Um, but she talked about how it was important to her to to have it have the things she likes in it. Mm. Um, yeah. Because women are often told that the things we like are silly or frivolous mm. just because they are feminine. And so that I, I love that she, instead of trying to make it harder doubled down and made it pink <laughs> you know like she she was like fuck it no i i these this is what i like this is what women like like we, the things we like don't have to be considered silly they can be in this story they have a place in storytelling um and i just feel like from like from moment one the the it just got me in a way that i um i really loved and i i feel like um I hope it's. I hope it has a lot of success. I, I think it's a bummer that it has to have come out in a time when movies are going to have such a hard time. But to me, it's 
in a larger sense beyond just enjoying the movie, it is encouraging to me that um, this kind of movie exists and got made and is getting whatever press it can and getting whatever attention it can because it, it opens doors to more things that are um, letting women have uh, femininity in their movies that have cool stories and, and, and just like letting this sort of genre grow. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wish there was more like this. It felt so, it felt like nothing I'd ever touched or seen, you know, it felt, it feels like it's this one in a million thing. And I think that's what I attached to so strongly is that it was like taking all the parts of things that I like and, and rolling them together in a way where I'm like, Oh, why aren't more things? Why is this the first time I'm seeing this? Like, why is, <laughs> uh, but also just so hopeful that like, you know, we'll, we'll get more stories like that. And, inter- you know, Emerald Fennel works on um, Killing Eve. Killing Eve, yeah. There's another one that is similarly, uh, it, you know, that has that same feeling to it of, um, you know, it's it's like a psychopath, but she's in the best fluffy pink dress I've ever seen. You know, <laughs> like, it's like just like letting women have the shit we want and not making us feel guilty for it or like what we like is stupid. Like, it's like, yeah, we want to see uh, rainbow colored nails mm. on a dead body. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what we want. Give it to us. Um, but yeah, and I also, uh, I'm very aware that Emerald Fennel is the same age as me. And so like a lot of her t- cultural touchstones are going right. to be exactly for me. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I was just, I'm very grateful that it exists. I, I feel like yeah. it was a gift I needed right now. In my also, life. Carrie, Carrie Mulligan's the same age as well, I think. So it's like this yeah. perfect, yeah, perfect storm of like understanding what not not just for you, but I think in terms of where this film actually works yeah, it's is it's a perfect storm. Yeah. In their mid thirties, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, everyone else is. You can watch it too, and you'll like it. But I, I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it is it is very specifically like because also. Um, the the same interviews I I've read so many interviews with Emerald Fennel this week guys I <laughs> yeah, went yeah. a little overboard I'm just obsessed but um she talked about how she really got the idea from it from watching the documentary The Hunting Ground did you guys That's see all that about the about, uh, the uh, army about, right on, uh, it's about on no it's about on campus rapes on campus okay right and um and that is very much uh this shift into actually holding young men accountable is something my generation didn't have, you know, 35 year old women didn't have that Yeah. when we were in college. Right. They have it there's, it's moving towards it, but like getting to see this, like the reality of when it all was supposed to have gone down is so true to me that like, yeah, if somebody got attacked in like 2004, nothing happened. Right. There was no consequences. Like that's just the reality. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I felt like it was just this little gift that was given to me, specifically me, <laughs> from, from Emerald Fennel. She made it for me, she told me. And she but, she, put um, it, she yeah. should have put a dedication in the film for you. I, she, I mean, even down to the bangs, guys, it's a lot. I love that Carrie Mulligan was also kind of wearing an Emerald Fennel wig, if you guys are familiar with what Emerald Fennel looks yeah. like. Yeah. That's her hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I really... Um, she had the cameo of the woman uh, giving the blowjob lip demonstration. Job yes, that yeah. was Emerald Fennel. She's also uh, Camilla on the Crown. Yeah, on the Crown, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm... my review is glowing. Yeah. That's my... <laughs> uh, and there's there's two people from the show Glow in this movie, so it all makes there sense. There are. Oh, I, I know we're wrapping it up, but guys, I was messaging with a friend of mine who knows Chris Lowell while he was about to kill her. And he's like, they're like actual real life friends. And I was like, great. I can't wait to see what you say about the next scene. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, oh no, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, well, too late. Enjoy. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, man. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, Shalia, thank you so much for coming on this. The only podcast about the film Promising Young Woman. The only one. Yeah. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you uh, back on the show. When when you're not here chatting about uh, uh, gifts of films that, that you love, where can folks find you? Oh, I am on all social media platforms that I have, which is just Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> at <laughs> Shalia Evans, which is spelled S-H-A-L-Y-A-H-E-V-A-N-S. There That's we go. Me. Excellent. Right. Start a Twitch channel right now is what I'm saying. Yeah. Now's the time. Now's the time. Get in on oh, that new content. Uh, you can borrow my gamer chair. Uh, oh, Shahir, <laughs> Shahir, when you are not uh, having better friends than I did growing up, where can folks find you? Oh, man, I'm a very lonely man with no friends right now, but uh, you can find me uh, on Friendster at www.shahirdad.com. That's H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, look up my profile and give me those likes, baby. Uh, Matt, when you are, uh, I would say, trying to stay away from those very dangerous friends of yours, uh, but they maybe they're great because they would help you cover up a murder if you needed one. Where could people find you? They gone. They gone. You can find me leaving the, the fucking yuckles that I was friends with in high school in the dust over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN. And of course, Emperor MSK on Twitter. Uh, next week, there'll be a movie. <laughs> I don't know what the movie is. Did you guys, sorry, I apologize. Did you already do Sound of Metal? We, we did. did two we weeks did. ago last week yeah. i just watched it last week what did you what did you think of it by the way because i literally second favorite movie i was like how am i watching my new two favorite movies in one yeah. week i yeah. loved it so much the sound design i so sad guys what a way to end i have some problems with hearing loss and they really nailed what that sounds like and i was yeah. like oh fuck yeah this and yeah. i love well i just loved it yeah so yeah. no I'll, that movie was phenomenal so another yeah. thumbs up for Sound of Metal. Absolutely go see that. Absolutely mm-hmm. go see Promising Young Woman. Also write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod to discuss the Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, and whatever else you got on your mind. Hey, yeah, seriously. I'm going to double that. I'm going to down on that. Email us in. We miss <laughs> talking to you. We know we've had uh, some guests. We haven't had time to do emails and stuff like that lately. Write us in. Oh. I, I didn't tell you about the, the gift. Someone sent you a gift on uh, on our email account, Matt, and I will uh, present it to you at some point. But it is a gift you asked for, so it's not going to be any surprises. Uh, I, I, I wish this was a visual medium because my face shifted to one of uh, uh, careful curiosity. Intrigue and fear. Yeah, there oh, we go. Man. That was better, yeah. <laughs> no, you will be, you'll be very thrilled with this. Okay, well, here we go. I guess or I'm going to open my present. Perhaps. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.